Hey, I'm Josh Smith, and welcome to another series of my podcast, Rain. If you're new here, first of all, where have you been, babe? But second, and most importantly, I'm so glad you are here now. This podcast is all about being the kings and queens of our own lives, and it's full of empowering stories from brilliant guests, as well as some incredible words to live by. And of course, a lot of lols too. We all look at our favourite celebrities and think they've got it all. And it's so easy to forget no matter who you are and what you do, ultimately we are all the same. In each episode, I'll be chatting to some of our favourite stars about the most human of experiences, how they've dealt with tough times and overcome them to reign over their lives. I've always found these conversations so inspiring, whether that's me making changes in my life, my relationships, or just getting my gym gear on. So I'm really hoping you will too. Welcome to Rain. Start your engines because I'm dropping not just one, not just two, but three special episodes starring the finest of RuPaul's Drag Race UK this week. And today's episode, we're joined by the Queen of the Huns and mistress of camp comedy, it's Kitty Scott Claus. Kitty is not only served as looks, but serious laughter in this series from winning the fugly but fashionable runway to playing Gemma Collins in the Snatch Game. This pop music queen even got to meet her idols Emma Bunton and steps along the way too. In this episode, Kitty shares a buffet of impressions from the GC to Princess Diana, talks us through the origins of Kitty Scott Claus and also opens up about how drag has helped her mental health and her body image. She also asks, why is everyone so interested in her body image? I mean, why shouldn't she be the body confident queen she is? I hope you live, laugh and love this episode just as much as I did. So get those crowns at the ready. Well, hello, darling. How are you? Are you, honey? You okay? All the better for seeing that gorgy face, hon. You are looking oh, Stunning! Stop it! Stop it, you <laughs> Miss Fugly over here. <laughs> well, first things first. Congratulations, babes! You have made it to the final of RuPaul's Drag Race UK 2021. Yes, you have. I know, isn't it? Yes. Mad. Should we just have a moment to scream and let that out for a second? Like, how incredible was that moment? Talk me through the moment when you found out. Honestly, like, insane. It's like, it's like (laughs) an amalgamation of everything. Like, you're thinking like, oh my God, like, what? Like, how? (laughs) This is insane. But amazing. And everything like you could have wished for and more. Oh my God, I love that. Because it's, it's a full on intense process being on that yeah. program you are tested left right and center what do you think was your kind of crowning moment in the process for you do you know what there's been so many there's been so many that like even though I didn't win the girl group challenge I was like that was such a moment for me like to be in front of baby spice and to be like praised by baby spice crying like a baby, dressed as baby, a baby. Like, can life get any better than that? Um, so there was that meeting steps. If only Lisa Scott Lee was there. Oh, poor Lisa, she's still stuck in Dubai. Is she ever going to get still out of Dubai? Stuck. That's a key she's question. Stuck in the rooftop, isn't she? She's stuck on the rooftop. 
<laughs> the heartbreak in the city video. Let her out. Let her out. So yeah, it's all it's all been so much fun. What do you think's been the most testing part of the experience for you? Or the moment where you've kind of questioned yourself and you've had to really dig deep over the series? Oh, babe, never. I've loved it. There's not really been anything where I've been like, should I be doing this? Is this the right <laughs> thing? To-? I'm just like, I just want... In the words of the GC, I just want to be me. I'm here to enjoy myself, <laughs> GC style. Do you know what I mean? I'm not getting involved. I just want to be me. And honestly, that's how... But that's my coping me- mechanism for life. Mm. It's just like, well, mm. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> I love that though. Just spend off all negativity with camp energy. That's oh, like fully. how I basically Literally. live my entire life. <gasps> yeah, very that. <laughs> Some people have incense. We've just got camp energy. Yeah, literally. It's like <laughs> people are praying the gay away. We're praying it comes to us more. Come on. <laughs> Conversion therapy, but the other way around. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more gay. <laughs> Babe, like, for people who don't know, where did it all begin for you with this well, drag journey? When was your drag epiphany? two people had sex and here I am. Um, <laughs> so I started doing drag four years ago. Uh, my friend was in a Girls Aloud tribute band. They were doing a Girls Aloud night at this, at this bar and they were like, we need a Kimberly Walsh. And it was, do you know that Catherine Tate sketch where she's like, I can do that. I can do that. That was me. And like, I saw like the attention my mates were getting when they were going out and drag and they were getting like free drinks and like attention. I was like, oh, that's a bit of me that is. So I, I <laughs> strapped myself to the beast and here I am. I've rode it all the way to drag race. You've just ridden that beast. <laughs> I'm saddle sore. <laughs> I'm, I don't know how I'm going to get through this episode. <laughs> When you, think, when you think back to those, what was your kind of like um, drag coming out moment where you like came out, you were like, I'm a drag queen and I'm proud, baby. Here I am. Do you know what though? Like, because before I was doing drag, I, w- I trained as an actor. I went to drama school and I was working as an actor. And all the parts I was being cast as were like drag queens. And so I was mm. like, I can put two and two together here. I can read the room. <laughs> I see what's going on. So there wasn't really a big dramatic coming out. I was like, everything, like, oh, shock, he's a drag queen now. Like, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> um, <laughs> it just sort of, like, it's, it, it was all very, like, natural, and it was all very... Me saying it's natural, I'm saying it's polyester, like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a lot of man-made fibre on, haven't you, darling? Literally, I'm, like, I'm sweating like a beast under here, but it's all good. Um... No, so it just sort of, like, flowed. I did a lot of, like, Ugly Sister, like, Panto Dame stuff. And then it was Mm -hmm. just sort of like, oh, yeah, let's do it full time. Why not? How do you think drag has helped you come to terms with yourself, in a way? Has it helped you with, like, your mental health and having, exploring this different side of you as well? Absolutely. Do you know what? I'm a very positive person, Mm. And if ever I'm having a bad day, I stick a wig on and make myself laugh. And then... <laughs> Tickety-boo, no, she's, she's right as rain. Great day, great day for all. But honestly, though, drag is like... It's, it is like having a little party by yourself. Because even when you're, like, getting into drag, 
for me, it's like, it's an event. It's like you put your music on, you have a sing song, you have a little drink. It's very therapeutic to get into drag. It's it's like you have to put yourself not in the zone. That sounds very like actory and very like, but it is sort of becoming the beast. Mm. And has that enabled becoming that beast? Has it enabled you to have a better relationship? with yourself how dare you (laughs) yeah absolutely do you know what it's it you you learn to love the things that like i remember before i'd be like oh like like and i think it's like growing up and going through like drama school and like you're Mm. taught every day to look at yourself in a mirror and and you're compared to everybody else and my drama school i was really lucky because we were all taught like you're all celebrated for who you are and you're all individual, and that's what makes you all so special. So having that, but I mean, it's always at the back of your head when you're like, oh, I'm, I've got bigger shoulders than him, and, and uh, I'm a little bit taller than him. So it's always like comparing, comparison, comparison, comparison. But you know what, doing drag, it, you, you just sort of think like, well, fuck it, like, and just do it. Mm. And the things that, this is, this is the greatest power of drag, the things that make you different... And the things that you are self-conscious about, they're your greatest assets because it's what makes you you. And like, there's no Mm. one else. It sounds so like wanky and like, but there is no one else like you. You are your own greatest superpower. And that's what you need to remember. Mm. Oh my God. Yes, queen. I am Miss World. Oh my God. I'm Miss (laughs) Fugly. And then I'm going to be Miss World. World. (laughs) Because what's it helped you come to terms with about yourself? would you say, in that respect? I think it's just learning to accept yourself. And and the thing is, when you're thrown on a stage and you're doing a show, you might think like, oh, I don't really like, oh, um, oh I should have worn, um, I should have got this dress in a bigger size because it's, it's riding up a little bit and la, 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 la. And you just like, you just sort of think like, fuck it, they're having a good time. They don't care that, that like, this is the thing. No one else cares. It's like all these insecurities you have in your own head. And I think the sooner you learn to just like put those aside and think, well, no one else, like no one else cares that your dress is a size too small or you bust your zip and your safety pinned up at the back. It's happened to us all. Um, Do you know what I mean? It's like people are here to be entertained. And and that's what Drag Race is. Drag Race is an entertainment program. Mm. Do you think it's helped you with your body image? As oh, well, baby, and your relationship baby. with your body image. The thing is, though, I <laughs> I think, like, all these questions, I'm like, are people saying I shouldn't be body confident and gorgeous? Because it's never really been a thing for me. Like, I've always been mm. like, oh, I'm, I'm bigger. But, oh, well. Let's get on with it. Let's not mope around. Like, and the thing is, I can go to the gym. I can have, I can have my injections. I can do whatever I like. But the thing is, it's like I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy in my skin. And I think that's that's a big part of drag. It's learning to love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself, how the hell can you love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the words of a true queen. And I really stan you for saying that. And I think that is just so powerful. And it's a message that we can all take into our lives. And But okay. as the queen standing before me today, who do you think has passed the crown onto you and inspired you the most and made you want to go down this route? 
Do you know what? I, as I said, I grew up with like pantomimes and so it was a lot of pantomime dames. I remember watching like Lily Savage when I was little and watching like Lily Savage on like primetime TV and thinking like, this is the most amazing thing. This is incredible. And then watching like fabulous panto dames like David Ashley, Gary Wilmot. Like mm-hmm. I just look up to them in awe that I'm like, these are incredible, incredible people and performers. And also aside from that, they've got a heart and they've got, a message and I think that's so important to have especially in drag and for the LGBTQIA plus community it is so important to have a message and a voice oh my god 1000% and I think Mm -hmm. finding that voice comes from finding your own inner strength as well right and where do you think you found strength at different times in your life do you know what that's a very good question. And let me think about that for two seconds. Um, <laughs> I feel like, who's the quiet one in Sister Act that she's like, no, the thing is, I've always been loud. I've always been so like loud and outspoken and gobby. But do you know what you find? Like, it's finding those people that you look up to. So for me, it was, it was always Baby Spice. And she's not necessarily like the loudest person, but I don't know, like something in my four-year-old self clicked with Baby and I was like, that's it that's the one for me and so much of my life has like revolved around like the Spice Girls and like it's always been like girl groups Spice Girls like Ned Ainkel from Lyrical and Dairy you just look up to these like iconic women and you're just like and like but you get like they have like a sense of I don't give a fuck I am who I am and and that's that's what makes me fucking fabulous and that's what mm. I aspire to be, just to be, like, my most true self, my most true, fabulous self. Yes, and that's what everyone should try to do. Like, every that's single day, day, just be their most fabulous version of themselves. Like, yeah. I don't see why we, keep, why we put up these walls to stop ourselves from leading those lives sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And people do, people do, because it's, like... The, the norms and people don't want, oh, that's a bit out there. I don't want to do that. I remember when I was starting drag and, and one of my drag sisters, I, I bought this wig and I was like, oh, it's a bit out there for me. I don't think I could wear it. And the fact that it was, it was like curly. I was like, I've never worn a wig like this before. And my friend was like, you wear it. Like no one else, no one is going to tell you like, you shouldn't wear that wig. They're going to think like, fuck, you look amazing. Put the wig on and rock the wig. And do you know what? I wore that wig and I felt bloody fabulous. <laughs> And I don't I doubt that. I lost it that night as well, literally. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> How did you manage R-I-P. to lose that wig, babe? Don't ask. How did you manage to lose that? Next question. Next question. <laughs> and you mentioned sisterhood in that. Yeah. And your sisters in drag. How's the sisterhood in drag helped you and when have you leaned on that the most and how has that sisterhood empowered you? And has it made you feel more... Like, you have your own community. Have you found your community in drag? Absolutely, absolutely. My drag sisters... So it's it's my Girls Aloud, like, sisters that are in the, the, the band with me. Uh, so it's Cheryl Hole from season one of RuPaul's Drag Race. And then Ophelia Love and Her the Queen and Lydia, Lydia Lascabies. Honestly, those girls... Like, we get each other through. We get each other... If you ever have a day mm. where you're like, I can't do the show today. I'm hanging out my ass. I cannot do it. <laughs> it's like... 
because like there's just a bond and an understanding and and they know what you're going through and like we've had times when like one time a girl was going off stage to be sick because she was so so ill and we were just like we'll cover for each other like we've got each other's backs that's Mm. what drag is about like it's about having that that bond that sisterhood and then i mean when i got the show like cheryl was just like the most help that i could ever ask for and and then some she was just like a, a shining beacon for me literally the whole way through like getting ready i was just like I don't know, I, I like, because it's so overwhelming when you get the phone call being like, congratulations, see you on season three. You're like, this is amazing. Oh my God. And then you have a thousand thoughts, like all in one second. And then having Cheryl there who had done it before and, and Tace, who I'm also really close to, it was amazing to have that world of knowledge and they've been through it before. They know what's to come, what to expect. And, and they were just like a lifeline for me. So I, I, mm. I owe them the world. What kind of advice did they give you? So I remember Cheryl said to me, she was like, you need to go and just live every day as if it's your last day there. As if like, live every day as if you know you're getting eliminated because you won't give any, like you won't care. You will not care. Like if you go on the runway and do like a funny walk and you're like, oh, I feel like a twat. Like, who cares? It's funny. Like, this is the thing. It's like, and taking that advice and thinking like, fuck it. Like, let's just have fun. Have fun and enjoy ourselves while we're doing it. Like, fab. And being on national TV, living your truth, being your true, authentic self, where you've got nowhere to hide is so empowering, but also must be quite daunting as well. How liberating have you found that experience? And how has it helped you? And what's what's it helped you let go of as well? Do you know what, though? Everyone's like, it's very daunting, national TV. And I'm like, I forgot the cameras were there straight away. I literally, I was there and I was like, like, carry on like normal. Like, you see in the background of the shots, like, me and Ella are like, (laughs) we're like, if we take our clothes off, you can't use this footage. So when we're like getting out of drag, like at first we were like, and then like by the end we're like, who cares? (laughs) Like, it's like, honestly... I sound like a cheerleader for it, but it was the best time of my life, 100%. It was the most fun. The, it was it, Every day was such a joy. It was such a laugh. Oh my God. It seems like you've just embraced every single second of that experience, yeah. right? And I, and I think that you seem like you are someone who's really stepped into their power and you know yourself and you're self-assured. But if you could take that you, that self-assured you, and go back to a time in your life and give your younger self some advice, when would that be? And what would you say to that you? Do you know what? I think it would be when... So when I was younger, I I was at a mixed school and I, I, I was friends with all the girls because gay and I had all my Barbies and everything and we'd play Spice Girls. And then when I was going into year three, I moved to a boys' school and it like mm. all of a sudden I felt very, like, separate because I'd never... Re- like, I'm, I'm one of six children. I've got four brothers. Um, but I'd never really had, like, friends who were boys. I'd always, like, been friends with, like, the girls. Do you know what I mean? And so I remember feeling like, at that point, I was, like, very alone and very... Not alone, that's the wrong word. That makes it sound very sad. But I was a bit, like... I don't really know how to, like, interact with the Because I'm not interested in the same things that these people are mm. interested in. And I remember thinking, like... Like, all my other brothers were joining, like, the football club. And they were making friends. And I was like, that's not me. And I think I, if I could go back and say, like... 
stick to who you are. Like, there's no point changing who you are. You've got to embrace and love yourself because that's your greatest power. I sound like a, a, a broken record now. But honestly, like, if I could go back and say, do you know what? Like, and the thing is, like, I made friends really quickly. I made friends, like, amazing friends. But it's just, it's just that, that initial, like, this is new. And this is this is something I've never dealt with before as like a however old you are in year three, like what, seven? Um, mm. But it's just about learning to be like, have that self-assurance and and knowing you are worthy and incredible in your own way. And you, mm. you find you learn that along the way, though, you learn like you like how important and special you are. That's so true. And I think there's so many times I really resonate with what you've just said because there's so many times in my life where I felt like a little bit of an outsider and then I've tried to like adopt different behavioural like more masculine traits to shine Yeah, I think as queer people people do that. Mm. I think definitely as queer people people like growing up and especially like coming out the back of Section 28 and all that like I don't really remember any like there was no like queer teaching in schools when I was in school. I'm 29. Um, and obviously Section 28 came out in... It was 2003? So it would have been before I was at senior school. But still, there was no, like... Sex education while when I was at school was sexual intercourse between a, a man and a woman. And there was nothing... Mm. There was no, like... Like, nothing queer, nothing gay, lesbian. There was nothing said about that. And so, the, like, obviously, like, you feel like... Well, what is wrong with me then? Because I'm I'm not interested in ladies. Like that's not a bit of me. But you know, like this is the thing. Like that's a whole other discussion about like teaching in schools and stuff. I was thinking about this the other day, and we I was talking to my friends about um, sex education. I'm like, I I all I was taught was it's a man, it's a woman. Mm-hmm. You stick it in, you wiggle your hips a little bit, and then it's done. Like there was no explanation. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh my god. So if I'm not into that. That, that was kind of, that was a real moment for me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not into that at all. Like, oh my God. So, and that feeling of difference really does stay with you for a while, doesn't it? Oh, completely, completely. And I remember there would be like, people would have digs and they'd be like, mm, gay, gay. And like, at the time, I remember like, people calling me gay long before I even knew what gay was. I was like, same. That was exactly the same for me. I remember going to a secondary school and I didn't even know what a gay person was until I went to secondary school, which sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. But I grew up in a very sheltered, like, tiny village, 150 people. And someone's like, you're gay. And I was like, oh, clutching my pearls. Gay means happy, <laughs> so yes, I am. I am. I was like, what? Like, and then it was all yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, this real revelation. And I honestly used to think that saying I was gay was, like, a really negative thing. And now I wear it as a badge of honour. And I, I know, wear be. my queerness as a badge of honour. And you have to, right? You're gay. <laughs> no but you have to you have to this is the thing like you you walk around down the street in drag and someone's like gay it's like oh my god i am how did you know like <laughs> like if that's the best insult you have you need some more material darling you need to rethink your comedy because it's really just <laughs> falling flat on its ass there <laughs> that is the way to deal with homophobia isn't it it's too once you i i found that i was able to deal with homophobia once i well never deal with it because you shouldn't have to deal with it but no once i felt like i was empowered within myself i was like whatever you can say whatever you want to me but 
what's what are you gonna do? Like what? Tam, tell me I'm gay. Yeah. Are you, you tell me I'm gay? Oh my god. god. I know. Shook f- Oh, fuck. What? How did you know? Oh, stop. 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 No. Do you know what? Like that's the thing. And like as queer people, I feel like so much of like your teenage years and your early adulthood is learning to embrace your queer power and that it really like to wear it as a badge of honor because mm. lord knows i don't want to be straight fucking hell how boring <laughs> and i mean like you are in the final which is so incredible when we talk about that journey you've been through but why do you think you are the uk's next drag race superstar sweetie well darling i don't think i know i am um <laughs> no do you know i think it's because i i bring a a sense of love and positivity and kindness which i don't think has been seen before i don't think i think drag race has a tendency to be quite bitchy and and rely on like a, a bitchy sense of humor and and obviously like i'm not saying i'm an angel i have a side of course but <laughs> I I don't know. I I just I want to look for the best in people, and I think everyone has a good heart. You just have to look for it, and I think we could all do better by being more kind and embracing and accepting and loving, and that's what we need to do. Like the world is a scary enough place. We don't need to add any more negativity to it. We need to spread the love. Yes, honey, and you are spreading that love like factor fifty thick today. And I'm all here for it. This is what we need. We need more positivity in this world. Yeah. Like, we get so wrapped in negativity, we need to put more positive energy out there. Absolutely. Into the queendom, Absolutely. right? We, like, this is what the world needs. We don't need any more negativity. We don't need any more, like, online Twitter arguments, cr- like, cancel culture. Get rid of all that. Like, spread the love instead of writing a a negative comment to someone saying i don't like la 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 why don't you say i really like your shoes like find a positive <laughs> it's exactly. like parents evening at school like you've got to have like two negative two positives for every one negative like just give them one <laughs> of the positives what i don't this is what like i don't understand when people are like i hate this it's like well why do you feel the need to comment hun like yeah keep it to yourself you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like your shoes, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Give it to yourself, darling. And I, I, I mean, I've loved talking to you today. Like, Aww. your positivity just radiates through the yeah. screen, through my ears, and I'm here for it. And I'm oh, sad to gosh. say that we're already coming to the end of the episode, which makes me so sad. No. But at the end of every episode, we always ask one last question. And that is, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? This sounds really cheesy, but it's from the Cinderella movie and I just love it. Have courage and be kind. Oh, how gorgeous that. She is our Disney princess. <laughs> I'll do a Princess Diana quote. I'll be like, <laughs> there are three of us in that marriage, so it's a bit crowded, as you can imagine. You are the people's princess, darling. I am our die, our kits. You are the die of our generation. And I've loved speaking to you today. Our princess, oh, our queen. Thank you so much, Josh. <laughs> I really want to know what happened to that wig as well. So you can have to tell me about that another time, darling. Oh. 
I hope you loved this special episode of Rain. And if you did, please drop me a message or comment, like, and subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast from. Don't forget to check out the other episodes with this year's finest of RuPaul's Drag Race UK as well. And if you want to see the fierce looks the Queen said whilst recording this episode, head to my Instagram page at Josh Smith Post. Mm-hmm.